This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show where your hosts Amber and Jenna. For show notes, more on consciousness and parenting or to sign up for our video newsletter, check out our website, themotherlovingfuture.com. And today we are discussing manifestation. I felt that was appropriate. Is that from The Little Mermaid? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's got that mystical, magical, powerful manifestation feel to it. That she manifested legs. That, that, that's a pretty powerful manifestation yeah. right there. <laughs> Our girl. Jenna, would you like to offer us, offer us your definition on manifestation? Yes. Manifestation is an event, action, or object that clearly shows up or embodies what you had previously clearly asked for from the universe. In other words, when you ask the universe for something and then it appears. Spooky. <laughs> that is so good. Magic exists. <laughs> There's like sparkles and stardust coming off you right now as you were breathing those words. Yeah, I've had some pretty amazing experiences with manifestation in my life. Yeah. It I, definitely was not a coincidence. I intentionally manifested things and I know it was my manifestation because I asked for like specific details. Okay. So tell us a story. Okay. Uh, my best, most ultimate manifestation story is on my now husband. <laughs> I manifested him. He has no idea. Um, I, he might know <laughs> by now. I did some witchy poo magic stuff on him to get him to fall in love with me. <laughs> well, I mean, this goes back far, far before you ever met him. I brainwashed him. I go to admit. I think that he just took one look at you and was automatically brainwashed. All right. I'll take that. That sounds better. Okay. So my story about Ketty. Um, so basically, I, I'm going to try cut this short because it's quite a long story. Oh, wait, no, don't you? Tell the people. Tell the people. Tell the people what happened. Just tell them what happened. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm just going to leave in the details, which I think that a lot of women can relate to. So I was in that dark night of the soul. My heart was totally broken. I was with, I'd been with my twin flame. Jenna, do you know what a twin flame is? Yeah, I have a whole like thing about twin flames versus life partners. Yeah, oh, big time. They're, yeah. they're totally different. Totally different. Yeah, twin they, flame teaches you something. And, and it's they prepare hard. you for yeah. the life partner. Mm-hmm. I've actually got a brilliant story about soulmates, twin flames, and life partners. We should do an entire podcast on that. Let's do it on we that. We will. Okay, Go on. zip it. So I just exited my twin flame disastrous relationship. <laughs> so beautiful in so many ways and activating and opening and so crushing in so many ways. So I was pretty down in the dumps. I, I was pretty smashed and every element of my life had fallen apart. And I, I found my place in this nothing. I, I found myself in a place of nothingness. And from that, I, I was just determined to rise myself up to a point where I knew who I was. I I found my power again and I was living a a powerful, fun, beautiful life, which was the opposite of that place I was in. So from that place of knowing what does not work in my life and who I don't want to be, I was clear on who I wanted to be and who would work in my life. So from, from that state of darkness and depression, I got super, super clear about 
what I wanted my dream life to look like. And I looked at every single aspect of my life. I looked at my health. I looked at my relationship. I looked at my career. I looked at my abundance. I looked at what city I lived in, what my friends and family looked like, what I did in my everyday life, how I contributed to being of service on earth. I covered every aspect of my life. Because remember, every aspect of my life had been shattered at that point. And this is when you were in a shattered state. Yeah, this okay. is I, I I really You were still to, shattered when this was when yeah. you were thinking about this. And I was so desperate to grasp onto a vision or a feeling of hope that there could be something other than this that I forced myself to envision something that I can start to move towards. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had just moved to Los Angeles at this point because I needed to remove myself from the same country as as this state and this person. Which was Australia. Australia. And I I just this is this was a very organic process, an intuitive process. I, I didn't go see a a manifestation guide or master. Expert. <laughs> one they, exists. One exists. They do. I, I'm sure more than one, but there's a person that makes a great living out of being like a manifestation master. We can maybe be manifestation masters. No, we have plenty of other stuff to do. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, stay on track. So I got to LA (laughs) and I, I had already envisioned this life that was around the corner. And then I started to get, I focused purely on the type of relationship I wanted. When when I had rebuilt myself and found that self-love within and cultivated that empowerment, I was then planning to call in that life partner. So when I'm looking at my life partner, I would close my eyes and I would firstly visualize him. And this entire manifestation exercise would be coming from not my ego and what I think thought would be best for me, but more so tapping into my highest self and really considering what would support me being in my highest during the rest of my time on earth. So what elements, what attributes in a partner would I need to be able to be empowered, feel love, feel safe, feel like I can head on my mission that I'm here on earth to do. So from that place, I started to um, imagine and see details of this partner. So I saw in my mind's eye, I closed my eyes and, and I imagined all of the details of this person, the physical details, how tall they were, their hair color, their eye color, their skin color, what what they smelt like, what their what voice was like. like, everything, everything you can imagine you have to start to get in touch with. I saw what their style was like, what they did for a job, what their friends was like, what their family was like, then how they were with me, how they treated me, how they looked at me, how they spoke to me, what we would do together. Then I started thinking about what our home would look like, what our relationship would be like. A really, really every single detail, you have to think as if that person is next to you in the room. What is your intuition and your sensory system picking up from them? Not just what they look like, how they feel. Like the visceral. That's it, the visceral. So that's the next thing you activate. You not only see them visually uh, in your mind's eye, you then on a visceral level, you feel them as if they're next to you. 
And then I would write it down. So I get my little journal and I'd write down exactly what I'm seeing, exactly how I hear them, how I feel them, how I smell them, how they make me feel. All of this is getting me more and more familiar with them and the all encompassing being that they are. And then the next thing I would do would I would speak it out loud. I would say all of those things I was do, I, I was um, accumulating inside um, my vision of them. I would say that, say it out loud. And remember, it's all about the details. And then the next thing I would do is let it go. Once I was so familiar with that person that was out there waiting for me, that was the perfect match for me. I'd let it go, and I'd get on with my life. I would go out, I wouldn't talk about it, I wouldn't look for him, I wouldn't I wouldn't be like daydreaming about it all day, I would just let it go. And when there were moments where I felt the mind loop coming on that would drag me back down to a dark place, I would grab that person who I had manifested and I would get in touch with him as a way to hold my standard to a place where hey, this is waiting for you and this is what you want and this is what you're not, you're not going to settle for anything less than this. And it would actually keep me from dropping back mm-hmm. in to the anxiety, to, to the anxiety yeah, or, or to whatever. giving in yeah. to like the past and all of that stuff or self-destruction or whatever it may be. So I used him as a reference point to, to just hold myself to, to that positive place. And so, as I said, I would just let it go. And by letting it go, you also don't move through the world and through your social life with that sense of neediness mm-hmm. and, and desperation. Because, desperation. you know, in an energetic sense, a, a male can sniff that sense of neediness mm-hmm. and it just makes them run a million miles away. Even so, when you're in a relationship and you're married to them, if you're having coming at them with a sense of neediness, then they run in the opposite direction. It's just... That's it. And it has to be an authentic um, empowerment, an authentic place of you being totally okay and in total acceptance of being single and being where you're at in your life as you are has to be authentic because they will pick up on if you're pretending to be Mm -hmm. fine with where you are, but you're desperately wanting them. Mm -hmm. So that was a really important part, just trusting the universe, trusting in the flow of things, trusting the more you live your authentic life and you're where you love being and you're hanging out with the people you love hanging out with, that same person who's on the same page is gravitating towards you at the same Mm -hmm. time. And so basically that's it. I just, I just let it all go. And then I kept doing my self work. I kept loving myself and, and growing that trust in the world and in myself and bringing myself back into myself. And before I know, knew it, I had been so immersed in, in healing resources in LA. It was, it was Kundalini yoga. It was like getting my body and exercising. It was going to full moon gatherings and hanging out with beautiful women. And it was just playing and being out there and experimenting before I knew it, I had gotten myself to a place where I was genuinely empowered and Mm -hmm. back in myself and back in my self love and in trust in the world. And through that place I was then living in within myself, I walked into an establishment and there he was. There was this guy standing there and he said hi to me. He was working at this restaurant. He said hi to me and I looked at him and I swear to you, I was like, do I, have we met? Have we met through friends or have I seen you before? He's like, no. 
Once Upon I think a I Dream. Oh, my Prince Charming. And I obviously I, I I didn't recognize him in the moment as being the person that I manifested, but there was something so familiar mm-hmm. about him. And so when you did finally see him, did he look like your vision? Like his when, actual features? Yes. Or was it just like his eye color, hair color, height, or was it like his So when I finally discovered my, my journal that I'd written in six months prior to, to meeting him, I read through the physical characteristics and it freaked me out. This is how I know that we have these invisible magic wands that if we know how to use them, we can create the life we want if we're intentional with our energy and I, you know, it, it, it was bizarre. It was down to the specific type of tattoo to like, you know, the size of specific body parts to Jeez. the color of his eyes, to how he looked at me, to how he danced, to his style, mm-hmm. to everything. Mm-hmm. And a side note, be sure not to leave anything out when you're manifesting. <laughs> Even the things that Why? you Why? Did think- you leave something out? <laughs> <laughs> was, well, without getting too personal, um, I, you know, I, I just thought it was very human for each person to be like super compassionate and, and very good at communicating on text and just the little things <laughs> that niggle at you that cause fights. And, but I forgot to mention them because I just assumed that most people would be like that. And the things that I didn't mention carry laxin for sure. That's for sure. So when just cover every single well, base, otherwise those, you'll be sorry. Maybe those things in which he lacks are things that are not really that important to you. Well, I think they're the places that are calling me to grow. Mm-hmm. Grow more patience, grow more acceptance, grow more, you know, trust, whatever it may be. So they're all they're all perfect. It's just, you know, it, it's a good this side is, note to really be clear on every single element. Okay, so I have a question for you. This is my major question about this entire thing from your perspective. And, and we'll use this as a segue. If you had been more specific specific about Carrie being like, you know, like a super compassionate texter or whatever. <laughs> um, lots of emojis, boys, yeah, if you're listening. Lots of emojis. <laughs> lots of kisses. Do you think if you had put that on the list, then he would have ha- been that? So my, I guess what my question is, is did you create Carrie with your manifestation or did Carrie exist before and you just saw him? I mean, Carrie must have existed before. I mean, clearly, he, he was born in 1983. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. That's good. So, so are we. <laughs> so clearly he existed before. So that's a really cool point. It's almost as if I was tapping into, because I was coming from that place of my higher self and what would support my higher self in the world, I was almost tapping into what already existed. Mm-hmm. So my psychicness mm-hmm. was navigating me through mm-hmm. this visualization. And that's honestly how I see it. I see it as like, you know, from that part part of, uh, you know, the dark night of the soul when you're just in the void, you probably were connecting somehow to your higher self, were able to have the psychic vision. You know, you had a soul contract with Carrie. You knew that was going to be your life partner. You were able to see that psychically in that moment feel into like all of the aspects of him um that's how i see it yeah i mean it makes more sense yeah i haven't thought of it like that before i just thought i was this amazing white witch that could call out whatever i wanted but when you look at it practically he did exist before Mm -hmm. i manifested him Mm -hmm. and so i must have Mm -hmm. been subconsciously tapping into what already existed and calling that closer to me that's how I see it. And and like when whenever I've thought about manifestation, because I, I've never really had an experience like that where I've felt like I really manifested something, but I've definitely had psychic intuition where I felt like I psychically saw something bef- 
before it happened. And um, with manifestation, I always felt like my sort of mantra with it was, let my will be the same as the will of the inevitable, meaning like whatever the universe is inevitable that the universe wants to happen, let my will be the same as that so that it's like my manifestation is the same as the universe's manifestation. To me, that's when manifestation works. It's like when you are one with all that is and all that must be, that is when your manifestation power works. You know, if it wasn't meant for you to be with Carrie, then that wouldn't have worked. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And also, I think that you can't go wrong in life. Mm -hmm. Everything is exactly how it's meant to be. If I wasn't, if I hadn't gone through that dark night of the soul, I wouldn't have met Carrie. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Have, it, I wouldn't have been in America. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be so clear about what I needed to be my greatest. Mm-hmm. And so that was all perfect. And and that's a really great side note as well to know that when you are going through dark times, that is leading you towards mm-hmm. somewhere amazing. And that it's all part of the plan. And to mm-hmm. embrace that, and to read between the lines, and to really wake yourself up to w- what you're showing yourself there really take advantage of that opportunity. Where do I need to grow? What, what is this waking me up to? So it's, it's all good. It's all perfect. Yes. And, and so if you can remember that in those hard times, you move through it quicker mm-hmm. and it's easier and it's lighter to, mm-hmm. to accept. I agree. And so also what I want to say is that, you know, we're constantly manifesting just, just subconsciously. So it's not like you have to come from this, you know, super conscious place to manifest and you have to, you know, manifest from your higher self. People manifest from a low vibrational place all the time and they, they get what they want, but it doesn't necessarily bring them a sense of satisfaction and joy that they think it would. So for example, you know, that, you know, that silly thing people do where they set a a note on their um, phone that goes off every day that says, I am a millionaire. Or they write out a check for a million dollars and put it in their bedside table and they read it every day like I have a check for a million dollars. All these huh. little like manifestation I've never heard tips. of either of those, but oh, okay. okay, we should try it. Well, clearly <laughs> I'm no manifestation expert. <laughs> um, so I, I think that it does work if you basically, um, you know, where we place our attention things grow and things go and you subconsciously and consciously start to move towards that and things start to move towards you because you've connected with that feeling and that vision and it may already exist and then that starts to gravitate towards you because it's already energetically in your sphere. Totally. I mean, how I see it is, um, you know, in that last scenario is like if, if you're thinking about being a millionaire to the point of where you're really trying to manifest it, it's within your destiny. You know, it's like meant to be that you that that's probably why you're feeling it. And on that note, another thing I want to say is that I think manifestation is a trigger for a lot of people. The word manifestation is a trigger because some people assume when they hear that word that things magically appear without you having to put any energy or effort or action towards it. And I am a big advocate of doing the work. Oh, it's not to. enough to just sit there and close your eyes and say, I want a million dollars and I want a or super I want a yacht podcast. and I want a podcast. You know? Yeah. You have to actually be clear on the vision that you want. And I think it's most powerful if it's coming from a really authentic place rather than the ego or fear oh, yeah. or whatever it be. And then you you put hard work, energy and action behind that in order for it to then manifest. So, you know, w- when it comes down to Carrie, for example, I mean, uh, the work I did was the work I did on myself. 
And the more I, the, the, the more I fed my own self-love and sense of self, the more I was shining and out there and open and p- people were gravitating towards me. And that sense of self-work led me to attract someone who I think is amazing because he recognized me as being amazing. And then we both connected and we're, we're perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. But the, the hard work element was in really working on healing up my wounds and accepting parts of myself and forgiving parts of myself and other people and constantly moving towards self-acceptance and love. And the reward at the end of that was attracting someone who had done the same type of hard work to the degree where they recognized me and I recognized them. And then all the rest was history. And that, and you know, that's just in work in one sense of the word. Another sense of the word is say this podcast, the mother loving future, we had a vision. It's not going to magically appear. Certainly has not. (laughs) It's been a lot of work. (laughs) It's been a lot of work, but once again, it's on our heart's path. So it was enjoyable every step of the way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there've been pitfalls and there's been triumphs, but all of it is perfect. And it's led us to being here today together. Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful lesson. So, you know, I guess my point is be willing to pull up your sleeves and put in the work because mm-hmm. and and persevere with that and that be the constant, that persistence mm-hmm. of working towards the life you want to create rather than sitting back and trying to dream it up. I think a lot of people are comfortable with just sitting in the dreamer zone, but not in being on earth the doing the work. Yeah. And it has to be a marriage with the two of them. Definitely. Purpose and motion. You need the dream for your purpose and then you need the work for the motion. That would be a good song, Purpose and Motion. You should write one. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any other notes on manifestation you want to discuss? I think um, we covered everything from Great. my perspective. Beautiful. Okay, so I want to propose a question to our listeners. I'm so fascinated with this topic and I want to know, has manifestation ever worked for you? Tell us a story. Give us an insight. Maybe you have a different way of manifesting. I would love to hear about perhaps, you know, a a cool little way that you manifest that's different to what I've proposed. So tell us anything and everything you want in the comments section. So that's a wrap for today. And we're so glad you joined us today and we hope to feel you with us next time. Bye for now. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.